Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. Bob and Reed Wilkins golfing at the uh, Gary Dreger Memorial Golf Classic today. The links at Spruce Grove. Bob back on Monday. Reed has the airwaves tonight for Inside Sports. And tomorrow, it's the Edmonton Elks taking over late into the evening. 8 o'clock kickoff. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders in town on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. Our coverage starts at 6.30. I've got the countdown show. We should actually be outside, so if you're heading to the game, come on and say hello. In the meantime, we'll say hello to Elks Color Analyst here on 6.30. Chad, that is Dave Campbell checking in. Dave, how's it going today? Uh, Really good, Brendan. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for jumping on here. And uh, it's an exciting night, first and foremost. Even, you know, a football game aside as we've got a few people going up into the wall of honor the elks wall of honor i'll tell you whenever there's a game uh, on, a, on a night where they're honoring their past and putting more players former players on the wall of honor i just get so excited and uh you get three you know and this is the first uh inductee since 2019 when ricky ray went up uh, so we got ed jones and we have joe holman two great defensive backs uh, during that five in a five in a row era, and then uh, one of the best running backs uh, in, in the league at that time as well, in, in Jim Germany. So it's always exciting. Uh, the three are here already, and um, very excited to uh, be back in Edmonton. And I know Ed Jones lives here, so you know he's always in Edmonton. But you know Jim Germany and Joe Holloman for sure. Uh, you know, basically calling this uh, this their home, even though they they don't live here, but uh, they always love coming back and are very very very. Uh, appreciative of uh, what the city of Edmonton gave to them and what they were able to give back to the city in, uh, in five record championships in a row, which will probably never be duplicated in any other league, any other sport. Yeah, you talk about the dynasties right across sports, and it's hard to ignore the uh, that stretch for the Edmonton Eskimos. First induction in a couple of years now. We, uh, it sounds like we're going to have uh, Jim Germany on the uh, on the kickoff show tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Now they're taking right on, on taking on the Riders, Dave, and this is you know a team that is sitting four points up on the Elks in the standings. They're four and four. Edmonton two and six on the year the game that they played on the brick field earlier in the season week two i believe it was edmonton was up 13 12 in the second half so this is a pretty reasonable chance to get things going on the right track for a team that it just has not been but obviously you're going to have to have a lot of things fall into place given the way that edmonton's been performing lately yeah no question about that and uh you're coming off a loss in the fashion that it was, 46-14 to the Lions, and um, I think I think we can all be happy, especially the football team. Uh, <laughs> they don't have to face the Lions now until uh, October 21st or something like that. So there's just some teams, and you know this, but you've covered enough sports, especially hockey and, and others, that 
things as far as high event plays against this team goes it just seems to be a lack of of communication or awareness one of the two in the defensive secondary and the focal point leading into this week had been just how much change there had been as far as personnel in the defensive secondary but this week that's not an excuse so the home run plays that seem to have been plaguing this team against bc against calgary for example i mean you got to start limiting those here in week 10 yeah there's no question and there, there will be some changes within the starting group uh tristan decoot is going to move from the sound linebacker spot back to the spot he's been playing all season for the most part which is the uh, wide side halfback spot the feast line moves over to the corner spot on that same side so Raphael leonard is off and uh, they put enoch mcconzo in at sam linebacker and uh someone who's very good in the box and very physical we'll see how he does in in pass covers and man coverage because they definitely would think that that's something the offensive coordinator of the uh riders jason moss wants to perhaps exploit but uh you know you know ed Gainey this week was pretty transparent about you know just having the veterans help the young guys and help the young guys 
deal. They're rolling pro football. They're rolling this team. What Chris Jones is all about, what's expected of them, and to try and keep that focus and concentration within a game better and kind of park whatever else is going on uh, in your life, in your head, that sort of thing, and, and just have everyone on the same page. And it was very clear last week, Brendan, no one was on the same page very often. Um, now, again, the Riders, I don't think, play the same type of game as the Lions, but that doesn't mean that Cody Fajardo is going to you know, find his deep shots downfield or attempt them. So we'll see what happens. You know, I, I do think it's going to be more of an in-the-box kind of game because you got the best run team in the, in the league in, in, in the Riders and the best rusher in the league in Jamal Morrow. But, you know, I mean, it, 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 I think this is time for the, the team – for everyone to take a step, and I, I get a sense that maybe the younger players are looking at the veterans a little bit too much and, you know, kind of waiting for them to do something when it's like, no, you have to do something as well. you got to bring your own punch fail here and bring what you have learned to this point. So, you know, they are a young team. There's no question. They, they changed so many parts from last season, as you know, Brandon, as everyone, a lot of people know. But now it's kind of the time you're at the halfway mark to kind of waiting to see, you know, who can kind of step up and rise to the challenge because, you know, you're a rookie now, but the more games you play, the less of a rookie you are. You start to become a veteran. So, uh, and again, Chris Jones made minimal changes this week. He's trying to find a group to, to ride with. And if he doesn't see what he likes over the next two or three games, more changes will, will be coming because we know Chris Jones is not not afraid to make changes if, uh, if he sees fit. Chatting with a color analyst of the Edmonton Elks on 6.30, Chad, Dave Campbell. Getting the Elks running game going has to be of utmost importance at this point. I mean, the the touches that, uh, say, Antti Milanovic-Litre is, is getting, he's been effective with for the most part. Mm-hmm. The problem is, Dave, he's getting five touches a game. Yeah, Irons. I mean, you have two running backs that have limited touches, but they have that magical five-yard average, and Irons is right at five. Uh, Lee Trey is around 5.6, 5.8. But it, it does seem like if the run game isn't successful early, then Stephen McAdoo, the offensive coordinator, is very quick to go away from it. And Chris Jones has said he's reminded him that we got to get the run game going. we got to make sure uh, that we're calling the run game at certain points. And another concern, too, is you know they're, they're not protecting the quarterback well enough. And that's not always on the offensive line. I think the quarterback has some you know, part to play in that as well. But you know, my point is is when it's pretty tough to move the football when, A, you can't protect your quarterback, and, B, you can't run the football, what are you supposed to do? You become a little bit more pop gun, right? And But you look at that drive, that scoring drive, to tie the game up at seven last week against the Lions. You know, Taylor Cornelius was, like, five for five. They moved the ball really, really well. They got a couple nice runs out of uh, Lee Trey, and they got a nice touchdown throw from Taylor Cornelius uh, on the half roll uh, to Kenny Lawler for his fourth touchdown of the season. And then it all went away, obviously. You know, every, everything just fell apart. But, uh, yeah, it's perplexing because this is a team wants, that wants to run the football, and they may have two individuals that can get it done for you. Um, it's just... It's just being committed to it and, and finding a way to, to use it more often than maybe maybe they have because you know they're in second along too much I think in, in too many games this year last last week they were what second along I think about sixty five percent of the time that is not a good tonic and especially yeah the Rangers do have some injuries on their D uh, Pete Robertson is out uh, even though he practiced this week uh, he's tied so 
game four of a four-game suspension. They do have some quality players off on defense, but, you know, Jason Cyrus, who's the defensive coordinator, will always find a way to get his best players involved. This is a very integral set of games here in the in the grand scheme of this season, isn't it? I mean, you could look at you could look at BC uh, as the turning point last week, but if they are going to salvage playoff hope, to me, Dave, it's got to start tonight, and then looking ahead to a couple games against a beleaguered Ottawa team as well. Yeah, I, I would say that they have to win all three of these games, and then the first part of this uh, three-game stretch isn't going to be easy with the Riders, and you know. The Red Blacks have their issues, but that's not going to be easy either because you know the Elks aren't exactly blowing the doors off of anything right now. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if they win tomorrow, then it's 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 an opportunity to give yourself another opportunity. That's the line that Chris Jones said, uh, said this morning after the run through, and I thought that was just a, a perfect line of, to, to describe their situation. So if they don't win tomorrow. The task becomes harder, and that, that doesn't mean that those two games against the Red Blacks are, are not winnable. But, boy, you're putting yourself majorly behind the eight ball. and um, You know, it was going to be a tough challenge anyway just because this was a very new team under Chris Jones. They changed so many parts. Basically, I like to say he, 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 ripped, the, he ripped the house down of the studs and is rebuilding. And it's hard to do and hard to find success in year one when you're doing that. But, hey, you got an opportunity to actually improve your playoff standing. So they better get it done tomorrow against a team that is struggling. Last three straight coming off a of bye week, and it's always a little arduous uh, you know, for playing any team that's uh, coming off a of bye week. But they're not exactly firing all cylinders either. They've got their own issues. So you want to try and exploit that, especially at home, and you know, break a long losing streak at home as well. Somebody made a good point that the Elks are the team that other teams have circled on their calendar. So that's got to mean something to you, right? Like it's, it, yeah. there's got to be a sense of pride involved here. And especially when you look at the, the long delay between wins on home field, everybody wants to beat Saskatchewan on their home field because that's just what the Riders fan base brings out in people. But, you know, it's yeah. got to be extra important as well, I would think, just given that you don't you you want to be the team that breaks this at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how much longer do you want this to go? And, you know, I know there's an opponent on the other side that's quality and they're trying to, you know, mess that up for you, but... Uh, you know, at some point, push has to come to shove here. You're just going to be so sick of this, but you're going to find any way possible to, to to rectify this. And they had a chance to do it against the Bombers, you know, three weeks ago, and they, they couldn't do it. I mean, for goodness sakes, I still can't believe they won with seven completed passes from Zach Poleros. Um, but, you know, I think in that game, it just came down to the, you know, those four or five plays, like it's, it usually does in football, that the Elks are we're on the wrong side of and but you know it's mindset it's like you say it's mindset it's attitude it's and you have to be insulted and taken aback that when people come into this park they're thinking you're the easy you're the easy uh you're the easy out here well you can't make it an easy out right you know what's disturbing is they've played eight games and i'm not a mathematician brendan but they've been blown out in three of them and that tells me almost half their games they've been blown out that's not good. That's not good at all. You know, they won two games rallying from behind and dominating the fourth quarter against Hamilton and Montreal on the road. And they were close against Saskatchewan, having a lead, really close against the, uh, the, the, the Stampeders, were having a lead for about 40 
finally, let's get an update, uh, whatever you can provide us on Trey Ford. Taylor Cornelius has now sort of become the story of the season, I would think, just because of Ford's injury. It's a shame that we hadn't gotten to see the complete breakout, but uh, you know, disappointing that it stretched this far along. This is fourth straight starts for Cornelius now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, they, he was placed, Trey Ford placed retroactively on the sixth game, so I would assume this will be his fourth game on the sixth game, so he'll be eligible to practice next week. But I think this is more about saving on the cap as well as much as they can and also giving a chance to, to allow an injury, which, uh, you know, over the bye week, Trey Ford tried to throw, and he did throw, but there was pain in the shoulder. I'm in that uh, collarbone area, so they're not going to rush him back uh, at all. So he's going to be pain-free when he throws. So it's kind of a twofold thing: is you know they're going to save money on the cap, but they're going to give Trey Ford a chance to you know to heal up here because he was in a lot of pain when he when he tried to throw the football. So you know another chance for Taylor Cornelius too is to kind of you know give himself uh, an opportunity to to let's see if he can be the Cornelius of the first two uh, starts this year and not so much from last week as well. So it's opportunity knocking for him. I mean, he had a good game against the Riders in Saskatchewan uh, at the start of that 3-7 and seven road trip to end the season last year. Um, so let's see if he can if he can bounce back as well. But, uh, yeah, Trey Ford, I, I don't imagine he's going to be an option until probably the Labor Day series. Appreciate the time today, Dave. Uh, we'll chat to you on the pregame show tomorrow. Look forward to it, buddy. See you then. Dave Campbell, Elks color analyst here on 630 Chad, teeing it up. The Elks and Saskatchewan Rough Riders tomorrow. 6.30 countdown show. Yours truly uh, steering that ship. And then an 8 o'clock kickoff from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. I haven't checked the weather report, so I won't try and sell you on that. But uh, where else would you rather be if it's warm? It's Brendan Escott here. We'll wrap up Oilers now after this. the schedule okay to try to end with something that was uh a little more competitive than than what we have been doing right. and we've been ramping it the other way so we ramped it up instead of ramping it down mm-hmm. and so uh you know we're just gonna see where it goes elks head coach uh, chris jones talking about switching the flow of practice around this week maybe easing into it and and having it uh fired up toward the end of the week which would have been yesterday they did a walkthrough today and tomorrow, it's game time. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Escott recommendation today, once again, it, it, keep it simple, man. Go with the pepperoni. They do it right. As Bob says, old school big boy pizza, all the ingredients are as real as it gets. This day in Oilers history, let's rewind to 2014. Not a bad one as the Oilers signed their third overall pick from 2014. Leon Dreisaitl to an entry-level contract. Scored nine goals in 37 NHL games the following season and then dominated the WHL with 53 points in 32 games before being named the MVP of the 2015 Memorial Cup. Not a bad player these days. Some would suggest he's the best. 
I don't think anybody in Toronto would make that assertion, but I bet you there's a lot of Europeans that would assert that Leon Draisaitl's the best hockey player right now. He's got a couple 50-goal seasons to his credit. That doesn't happen very often. A third overall pick. There's a lot of third overall picks that are playing in the league right now that don't do a whole lot of anything. All due respect to Dylan Strom, those are two entirely different levels of production for two third overall picks. So, yeah, just food for thought. Sometimes you win the lottery. I guess the, I guess the Oilers did that in back-to-back seasons, as we've often talked about on this show. Bob is uh, back from another, uh, well, I won't call it a holiday, because I imagine it was work for him out there on the course, trying to wrangle Reed, the, the golfer that he is, and, and uh, enjoyed themselves at the Gary Dreger Classic today. Tomorrow, again, it's the Elks and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Big game for both teams at Commonwealth State. 6.30 countdown, 8 o'clock game time. Up next, we've got a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 p.m. And then 6.30, Chad, afternoons with guest host Ted Henley. Always a pleasure hanging out with you. Appreciate the texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We'll chat again next week. So long from the 6.30, Chad Studios.